Welcome to the Crimson Flow Ministry Podcast, episode number 34. Hello, I'm Charles Caps. In addition to listening to us from your favorite podcast app, we invite you to visit our website at charlescapscrimsonflowministries.net. All one word, all lowercase. And we like to open every podcast with Proverbs 23 and 23, which instructs us to buy the truth and sell it not. And we're also to buy wisdom and instruction and understanding. And we're going to try that to do this as we move to the message. Now, we're going to be looking at the oil and the lamps of the ten virgins. Now, first of all, we got to understand there are ten virgins. That is, that, that is not disputable. There's no discussion. There's no analogs. There's no nothing. They're all ten virgins, every one of them. So now we also have to look at the lamp. What is the difference between a lamp and a vessel? A lamp, as the ten virgins in the book of Matthew used, uh, has a small oil reservoir, and it has to be be replenished frequently. Now, a vessel is a larger bucket type of reservoir that is used to refill the oil in the lamp. And was this just uh, coal oil? Uh, Was this oil, just any old oil? Or was this a, a special oil? Let's find out. We'll go to Matthew 25, starting with verse 1. Matthew 25 and 1. It says, then. And we've got to stop right there at that first word, then. What, what does then mean? See, he says, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. But then at what? Well, after all of the events in Matthew 24, and friend, if you don't understand Matthew 24, it's not going to go well for you uh, understanding Revelation. Uh, we, we'll find here there's trouble coming in Matthew 24, and he tells you who's going to be in it and who's not. And it tells you there ain't going to be no super flyaway rapture. It's, it's not there. But we need to understand Matthew 24 as we move into Matthew 25. Then, after all of those events, shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Now, we got these ten virgins. They all took their lamps, and they went forth. They started a journey, evidently, to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. So we got half and half here. They're all virgins, but now we're divided in half. Five wise, five foolish. And verse 3 says, They that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. So here we go. We've got five virgins who have lamps, but no oil. Verse 4 says, But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So we've got five who have lamps that have oil, and they have a vessel to replenish that oil. Amen? Now, verse 5 says, While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. They, they were all together. Uh, then at midnight, notice this, in the middle of the night, at midnight, there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out to meet him. 
Then all the ten virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. Now, here we are. We've already said we got five that have the lamp, but they have no oil. But when the call came to go meet the bridegroom, they all arose and they all trimmed their lamps to get the best flame for the most effective light out of the, the lamp from the oil, see? But they went through the motion. And in verse 8, this is where it starts breaking down. In verse 8, the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. Now, you know, I don't know how many of you who are listening to this podcast ever uh, cut a tree down with a cross-cut saw uh, with two people on it, you know, and and you equally pushed and pulled the saw, and then every now and again you got some, some not very hard-working person who didn't put much effort into the saw, and they would let the other person do all of the work, the pushing and the pulling. And what was said there is that that person, that man, was riding the saw. He is there, but he wasn't doing any work. He was there, but he wasn't doing any good. He was there, and without the other piece, person, he could never cut the tree down, you see. So now the foolish are like that. They're just riding the saw. They, they're virgins. They got lamps. They trimmed them. And... When it came time to spark the flame, they said unto the wise, Give us of your oil. They expected it. Have you ever, in my life, I'm 72 years old, but I, in my lifetime I've seen people who, if you had it, you worked hard for it, you saved money for it, you worked and, and put aside uh, entertainment, put aside vacations to get something, and then there's this person that thinks, because you got it, you owe it to me. <laughs> Not so, friend. You know, no, I, you didn't put the sweat and the labor into this thing to earn the right to have whatever we're looking at here. But I did, but you're not getting mine because you think I should, I should give it to you. Uh, no, go out and work. Go to them that, uh, you know, get a job. You can eat if you get a job, you know. Okay, now here we are. And the foolish said, uh, give, us, give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise, verse 9, answered, saying, not so. No, we're not going to do that. Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. We're on a journey here to go meet the bridegroom. We don't know how long it's going to be. And we brought lamps full of oil. We've trimmed them. We've set the flame to them. And we have a vessel to replenish the oil in the lamp, you see. And uh, we're, we're going on the journey. We don't know how far. But we can't give you our oil unless there's not enough for all of us, you know. And you got to stop here and say, now, wait a minute. I thought we were supposed to share and share alike. Is that the Christian thing to do, to deny them poor virgins the oil? It, does that sound very Christ-like? I can just hear the world and the church saying stuff like that as an excuse to get oil when they didn't put forth the effort. Amen? Now, look, the command was, you're not getting our oil. See, and we brought it, we're going to keep it, and you go now. 
verse 10, or excuse me, verse 9, we'll finish it. He said, lest there be not enough for us and you, but go you rather to them that sell or barter and buy for yourselves. So now we have the split and the division. The five foolish have gone on a journey different from the journey or the path to the bridegroom, and they are looking to find somebody to sell them some oil at this midnight hour. Amen? And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Now, there's some things here that's so obvious, you know. It says, and while they went to buy the foolish, the bridegroom, and that's what they're all looking for is the bridegroom, came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. So the five wise missed the going through the door to the marriage and missed the bridegroom. Amen. Now, afterward, verse 11, came the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, the bridegroom, and this is the words of Yeshua, of Jesus, and this is a parable we're talking about, but it's, it's going to be a truth one day. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Oh, Lord, that's got to be the worst word you'll ever hear. And then he said, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Amen. And uh, we've heard that story. Some something about the wise or the the yes, the wise virgins. There was the bridegroom met with them, and there was something about those wise virgins that the bridegroom knew that they were ready to be married for the marriage supper. When he saw them, he recognized something in these virgins that made him know they were ready, and they went in with him to the marriage. Amen? So what, what made him recognize these wise virgins? Was it the lamp? Was it the light? Was it the fact that they were virgins? What was it? Of course, it was the fact that they were virgins, and it was the fact that they had lamps. It was facts that they had light. But so often throughout all of the years that we hear this story, we are just like, okay, here's here, here, here let's break it down. Ten virgins, five wise, five foolish. Five had no oil, five had oil. Five with no oil went to buy, and they missed the boat. The bridegroom came, and he took the other five with him, the wise ones, and the door was shut. And then the unwise, the foolish, came, and he, they asked to be uh, let into the door, and he said, no. He said, I don't know you. I don't know you. And, you know, we dropped the, the discourse like right there, you see. But my question is, my question is, what made these virgins ready, the five wise? Well, their lamps were trimmed, they were full of oil, and their vessels were full of oil. But let's find out if this oil is just cola oil or, or what? what. What is this oil? Let's look at it. So 
If we go to Proverbs 20 and 27, it says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Now, here we have a lamp or we have a candle. We have light. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts. Now, it looks like to me that the wise virgins had light, had a candle, that their inward parts could be searched, and the foolish didn't have that light, that their inward parts could be searched. Can you say amen? If we read Psalms 119, 105, it says, Thy word, God's word, our Father's word, amen? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. What is? God's word. Are we beginning to understand what the all is here? The all is just not any regular old all. The all is the word of God that is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Amen? And then in Proverbs 6 and 23, it says, For the commandment is a lamp. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. The commandment is a lamp, and the law is light. How about all of this stuff? As we read these scriptures, we understand that the all is the commandments of God. Amen? And the law is the light that we're looking for. Now, that's what the wise had in their vessels was the commandments in the law, the word of God. And they obeyed them, and they kept them, and their inward parts were searchable that they were recognized by the bridegroom. So let's go to John chapter 15 right now. In verse 1, it said, uh, Jesus is speaking here, Yeshua. He said, I am the true vine. And my father is the husband then. Now, you see, there was something about that verse I missed most of my life, too. I knew that uh, Yeshua, Jesus, was the true vine. But the fact that the father was the husbandman, that, that just slipped away from me. So I can see the plant, the trunk, the tree. I can see that, and I can see the father working around, keeping the soil nutrient-fed, uh, keeping the soil where the vine gets all of the nutrients that it needs. And, and, and we'll go on and we'll see the work of the husband here, husbandman here. I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. He said, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Who? Our father, he, Yehovah. Our father taketh it away. Not... Uh, no one but the Father can do this. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges. So when you can look at all the things that's happened in your life, you're being purged. Why? That it might bring forth more fruit. Our Father wants us to bring forth much, much fruit. And the only way to do that is we've got to be in the vine and he purges us, and we can do that. So now continue to read. Verse 3, he says, Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken to you, Yeshua said. Then he said, Abide. Now that word abide means dwell. He said, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. 
Then he said in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides or dwells in me, and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, without Yeshua, you can do nothing. Then in verse 6 he said, If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. Verse 7, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein, herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Bearing fruit, we, we <laughs> let's read that again. Herein is my Father glorified. How? That you bear much fruit. Is fruit of works? Well, sure it is. And yet all of the church says, no, no, not my works. No, 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 nothing. You know, silly church, let's get it right. Let's read the word of God like it says. Amen. Yeah, you're to, you're to have good works and you're to bear much fruit. Amen. Verse 9. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. Then in verse 10, here, here it is. If you keep my commandments, there's the all. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's Oh, Yeshua had to keep the Father's commandments? See, totally 100,000% correct. Amen? He kept the Father's commandments and abide in his love. Verse 11. These things... Have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full? This is my commandment, Yeshua said, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, sometimes I don't get that real right, but if we try to do it like Yeshua did, we'll get it right. Verse 13, greater love hath no man than this, that a man may lay down his life for his friends. In verse 14, Yeshua said, Ye are my friends if. Oh, wait a minute. That's a condition, isn't it? If. Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. So, friend, if you're not doing what Yeshua has commanded you to do, you might not be as good of friends with Yeshua as you think you are. And if it's not our heart, it's not our minds, it's not our doing. It's his doing. He's the one that sets the rules. We're the ones that does the following. Church has got it backwards. Church thinks they set the rules and the Lord's got to follow. Listen, churchianity does a lot of religiosity of trimming their lamps. But it's void of the light of the all of God's word. Amen. Because Christianity made it a law for them to nullify God's commandments. They made it a law for them to nullify God's commandments. Friend, when you make a law in your church that we don't keep the commandments, we don't follow the law, we, we're free, we're under grace, you know, on and on and on. When you make it a law to nullify the law and the commandments, you are breaking the third commandment because it says, do not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, and that's empty, worthless. You're doing that 
by nullifying his word, breaking his commandments, breaking his law, and saying, oh, we don't do that. Well, friend, we got to do it his way, and that might be why the foolish didn't have oil in their lamps. They weren't doing it his way. They were doing it their way, and that all, as we see, is the word of God. So, friend, I hope you got a little something out of this, and we say God bless you and God keep you until next time. Amen.